0: Thank you, Imani. That was beautifully read. That was uh, that's part of our scripture reading the scripture for today, which is which covers Mar- Mark chapter six, verses one to fifteen. Um, so I would like for you to open your Bibles with me, or your devices, or um, the pew Bible in front of you, uh, whichever one you prefer. And um, let us begin uh, the breaking of of God's word. Before that, I want to offer up just one, one more prayer. Father God, here we are, and once again we ask that your spirit will open our hearts to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 6, which is where we will be spending the next five Sabbaths together here in worship, um, is one of, those, one of those great scripture um, chapters um, that, um, you know, it's, that, that tells us so much about Jesus Christ and, and who he was and his mission uh, while he was here on earth and everything. So I'm going to be reading uh, the, the, the entire text, uh, so in full, yes. <clears throat> and as I do that, I'm going to ask uh, Mike to um, follow me on the screen. All right, so let's, let's, let's start. Um as I as it's going to be an extended reading as I'm going to be making some comments as we read just kind of bring it out a little bit more um and some of the insights that I've gained through my uh, uh private studies I tried to actually uh, uh share some of these insights with in my fa- with my family um late this week you know you know how it is sometimes when you're excited about new discoveries things you've not seen before in scripture and, and, and of course, um, you know, it's, it's Friday and everybody's trying to get ready for Sabbath and they've got their thing going and, and I was trying to kind of rehearse a little bit of these insights with my wife and didn't go very well on Friday. So hopefully it goes better today uh, here before us, before all of you. John chapter 6, after these things, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, actually Lake of Galilee or Sea of Galilee. That is, of Tiberius. Now, a large crowd kept following him. Because they saw the miracle signs, that's the word simeon. Uh, the word simeon really is neither miracle or uh, actually it's a combination of sign and a miracle. And, and they're, they're, they're both. And, and uh, John uses this repeatedly in his, um, in his uh, gospel account to cue us into to the fact that when he tells a story, he's got several levels. He's telling it in several. Uh, there's, a, there's, there's several levels that he wants to reach you. And he wants, you, he wants to, to, to take you deeper than, than meets the eye. All right. So it says, now a large crowd kept following him. Because they saw the miracle signs or the sign miracles, Simeon. Uh, that he was doing for the sick or for those that are physically afflicted. Physically weak. Now Jesus went up uh, the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover the feast of the Jews was drawing near. Notice those three wo- those three adverbs the three words at the beginning of 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 those Three verses that are now projected on the screen. Now, now, now. You know, you know. John is shifting here. He wants to. He wants to use a shift. Uh, we're going to be shifting with him as he tries to tell us the f- full story in its in its full orb and in, in various in various levels. Um, the the usual uh, translations often omit those that word now 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 uh, because you know scripture. Um, is really told uh, it 's not really written so much a written account it was written, written after the fact that it was an oral story an oral account of the life of Jesus Christ and so you could see that you could sense that when you when you 're reading and, and you 're including little words that often are taken out of the out of the um, the, the modern translations, but it says, now a large crowd was following him or kept following him. They would not relent. They're, a- they're actually uh, starting to, to menacingly act as one. Now a large crowd was following him because they saw the miracle signs that he was doing for the sick. Now Jesus went up uh, up the mountain. So, you know, there's a move there where Jesus Christ goes up a mountain I've just, me and my family have just been back from Hawaii and from Maui, and Maui is called the Valley Isle, only because the middle of the island is a valley, but the two ends of the island, the, the, the let's see, the, the northwesterly and the, uh, the southwesterly end of the, or western end of the, of the island, are actually two huge islands. Um, Mountains, one bigger than the other. The, the one on the southeastern side of it is called Mount Haleakala. Can you all say that? Haleakala. Mount Haleakala. My wife used to call, used to call it 21 years ago. The, f- the first time we were there, we were honeymooning. And this time around, we brought our two kids. <laughs> and uh, uh, she used to call this Mount Hakalele. And she couldn't pronounce Haleakala. It's a tongue twister t- to, be, to be sure. And, um, you know, so, so it's a fantastic, fanta- huge, it's a huge uh, mountain. I don't think the mountain that Jesus Christ climbed up to is as big as Haleakala. I was reading up on this mountain, Haleakala. Uh, it's, it's actually a, an extinct, uh, not, not, not extinct, a dormant uh, volcano. Um, and it's actually, if you're going to measure the height of this mountain from the base of the mountain, which two-thirds of it is under the sea, Right? But if you're going to measure it from the base of the mountain all the way up to the summit of the mountain, it's actually about 600 feet taller than the tallest peak on earth, which is, anybody know? Yes, of course, uh, Mount Everest. So It's a huge mountain. And what you could see above water is 10,000 feet. And from where we were staying, and we stayed in, in, in a, uh, a town called kihe which is pretty much sea level, we had to go up to Haleakala, and it took us about uh, over an hour to go up to the summit of Haleakala to, to, to watch the beautiful sunset on top of Mount Hakelele. And um, so Jesus Christ disrupts the movement. He disrupts the movement of this, of this large, um, large crowd. And pretty soon, we're going to find out here why Jesus Christ does that, because John gives us little hints that something is not, it's not right with this crowd, uh, because if, you know, when, when a crowd sometimes, you know, takes on a different, a different personality, it becomes like a, you know, a, a, sing, a single uh, entity, a menacing one. And um, I remember when I was a kid, I, I got to see one of those um, when I was a little boy, I think of Probably told you this uh, a bit of this story uh, before when I was a little kid and I was you know from the old from the old country in the Philippines. um, It was during the time when when the country was going through this uh, upheaval, political upheaval and societal upheaval, where there were uh, rioting every single day. And uh, you know, and my mom was already here and we in San Diego. She had moved to San Diego a few years back. uh, And me and my and my. Uh, two, two siblings uh, were left with my dad um, to fend for ourselves, really. My dad would be gone for days on end, sometimes one week, sometimes two weeks, because guess what? My dad was a cop. And he was at the other end of all of those demonstrations, you know, with his shield and, and trying to contain uh, a crowd. Because once, once a crowd starts to uh, act menacingly, uh, then, you know, something, is, something, something bad can Uh, Can happen. I remember one night. I remember one night when this huge crowd, and I I mean, to this day, I could, I could, it's it's still so vivid in my mind because it was at dusk, and you could just see shadows of these people, and they were all shouting, "Death to whomever they're, you know, calling death to." All right, and um, it was like a sea of people, just kind of, uh, just, just taking over the entire ten-lane highway. And they're moving menacingly as one, as, as, a, as a single entity. And they're, they're all so angry, in fists, you know, uh, you know, like this. And they're saying, "Down to Marcos! Down to Marcos!" And and all I could think of was my dad, because my dad was at the other end of that. And um, and he was one of those people that was making, trying to make sure that, you know, that 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 demonstration is contained and nobody gets hurt. And, of course, people always get, get hurt. So that large crowd is starting to become menacing. Um, and you will start to, uh, we'll start to see some cues here that, that tells us that that's what's happening here. So Jesus went up the mountain, according to our verse here, and there he sat down with his disciples. Another now pops up. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was drawing near. And here John is cueing us in once again that whatever Jesus Christ is trying to do here, he was trying to do it for reasons other than what that crowd had in mind. The Passover was drawing near. And you know what happens at Passover, right? The Passover lamb was going to be sacrificed. And then what John says to, at the beginning of his uh, of his, uh, of his, uh gospel account remember what jesus says in chapter 3 of john and i when i am lifted up from the earth will draw all men to myself well this crowd had something else in mind so it says now the the passover the passover was drawing near that is the feast of the jews so when jesus lifted his eyes or when he looked up in other words that's how we would say it in English, perhaps. Um, uh, so when he lifted his eyes, um, and when he saw that the large crowd was coming towards him, notice, notice here, notice here that you know sometimes uh, crowd. Let me see. I'm not an English uh, major, but uh, can the word crowd be considered as a uh, what do you call that now? What kind of a what a, a, a group now? What do you call that, uh, Laura Lee? Uh, sorry. Should, 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 should we use, uh, should we use uh, uh, plural, collective, collective noun? Should we use plural when it's collective noun? Yeah, should we, should we use a plural uh, uh, verb? Should we? No. Okay. Now, so here, what we have here is that this large crowd is now coming towards Jesus Christ as one. Um, and, and then Jesus Christ tries to stop that and tries to do something with that, all right? And so he says, then the large crowd was coming towards him, and then Jesus turns to Philip. He says to Philip, where can we buy bread so these people may eat? Now he said, he said this to test him, that is to test Philip. For he already knew, that is to say, he had already made up his mind what he was going to do. It's a foregone conclusion. he had already thought everything out what's going to happen here, what he's going to do, and how things are going to, to, to play out. For he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied to him, 200 denarii worth of bread will not be enough for them. Um, so that each one may have a morsel or a little bit. Wow, so <laughs> you have this case, you have this, you know, this, this scenario playing out uh, very menacingly and, and Jesus Christ tries to you know, calm things down a little bit and he has in the back of his mind the Passover coming up, it's probably days or weeks uh, you know, ahead of him, it's, it's not too far away. And so he tries to defuse the situation, and he calls on his disi- one of his disciples to, you know, it gives him a question, which is really a ridiculous question. How do you feed, do you even attempt to feed a crowd? When has it ever been attempted to actually feed a crowd? But he throws that question to one of his disciples, um, and, uh, and of course, what are you going to, what are we, how in the world are you going to answer a question like that one of the disciples says to him Andrew the brother of Simon here is a boy or a poor boy now I want you to take notice of that maybe circle even even in your scripture because that word poor boy is not your normal is not your normal word that's used for the word child what's being emphasized here is not so much that this one, this this person is a boy but what kind of a boy he was and when you read these, you know, the, the, the word that's used here, it's really a combination of a poor boy or is it a pauper, right? A, a boy, a, uh, even we could say at the least, you could say this is a boy who is a servant boy or even worse, this is a slave boy. Here's a slave boy. Here's a pauper. Here, here is this, um, this boy, this poor boy, let's just say, who has five pieces of barley bread. This is not bread that you would find, that you, that you would buy at Trader Joe's. It's not even a loaf of bread. It's a piece. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's something that's, you know, um, have you ever, anybody here likes barley bread? Have you ever had barley bread? It's not your top of the line kind of bread, right? It's the kind of bread that you would eat when you have nothing else to eat, when you have nothing else to bake. So this boy is all of a sudden thrust into this, into, in, in the middle of this menacing situation. Perhaps even, I don't know, we, don't, we can only guess, not against his will. After all, he's there. He's there to, he's, he's among the crowd. He's one of the crowd. He's there with his, we could assume, his lunch. He's got five pieces, according to our scripture, of barley bread and two fish, my kind of a guy. Five pieces of barley bread and two fish. Andrew must have felt like, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I even giving this as a possibility for feeding this crowd? This is ludicrous. And so, of course, he, he, you know, he, you know, he catches himself in, the, in, in, in the, uh, how ridiculous his proposal is. Andrew, the brother of Simon, Simon Peter, uh, uh, and then he, he ends up saying, but what are these in the face of so many? What are these in the face of so many? You could just sense here the frustration, perhaps, in Andrew's, uh, uh, in Andrew's voice, in Andrew's heart. What is Jesus Christ trying to do here? That he should even ask us to do this, and, and, and so on. Verse 10, Jesus said, Jesus said, "Tell the men to sit down." Now, here, what we find here is we find something that is that is um, a little bit well. It is irregular, and and, and when we allow the other uh, the other um, uh, uh, gospel accounts, when we allow them to add their voice to what's happening here, we will find out that the, you know that you know uh, what's being ca- what end up what ends up getting counted here are only the men in the crowd. That is to say, the women and the children were not counted. Okay? So, um, but anyway, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, So, Jesus said, verse 10, Tell the men to sit down. The men to sit down, right? Now, there was a lot of grass in the place. So, the men sat down. Numbering, and I have no doubt, you know, Man, please sit down. All the women and children, you may remain standing. I don't think something like that happened, uh, but you could see that something is happening here and that Jesus Christ is zeroing in on the men. He's, he's starting to zero in on the men, which, you know, it's easy perhaps to even put two and two together. You know, these are probably the ones that are starting to be become a little bit menacing. They've got an ulterior motive here. They came to Jesus for another reason, more than what Jesus, Jesus is, uh, uh, is willing uh, to, to uh, can, can, can handle under the situation. Okay. Now, there was a lot of grass in the place, so the man sat down, numbering about 5,000. So Jesus took the bread, and after he gave thanks, he handed them out, and the fish, likewise, as much as he wanted. Now, when they were full, he says to his disciples, Gather up the leftover pieces, that nothing may be wasted, And right about here, I, I could sense sadness here in, 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 in Jesus' voice. This is not just this is not just Jesus Christ, you know, uh, you know, doing what He you would you would assume that He would He would do after a meal in his home. I remember my great-grandmother used to say to me, and my, my, my wife always finds this a little bit funny, when I tell the story of how my great-grandmother used to say, uh, you, you know her way of convincing us that you need to eat everything that's given you, all right, at the table. Don't leave scraps, all right? Because guess what, those rice they're going to cry if you they're not eaten. I was like, really? But that's how my great grandmother convinced us to eat every every morsel of rice. You know, that's that's served. All those rice are going to cry if they're not eaten. Like that. Something more is happening here. Jesus Christ is sad. Why? Because the word that's used, the words that's used here, that, that, that tells us, um, let's see, what's the word? Let me see. I, I'm not expecting you to, uh, to, to memorize or to even, uh, I'm just going to say it, right? Santa is the word that is, um, it's a it's word that is, it's, it's a weird word. It's a weird word in the sense of that, um, It's communicating a lot more than what you would think that verse is communicating. And that is, normally you would say that what what, what John is telling us here is that, you know, Jesus Christ is just being a good boy and trying to gather up all the pieces like like, like we would normally do so that nothing gets wasted. Except that the word that's used there is the word for superabundance. Gather... The um, gather up the leftover pieces does not do justice to what's being said here. What's being said here is gather up all the superabundant things that would otherwise go to waste because these people do not understand what I'm trying to do here. Gather it up. They've just left them all over the place. Oh, this, this grace... That I'm giving everyone, <laughs> you know, and here they are. And, and you know, so you could just see, you could just sense Jesus Christ here. A little bit sad. Gather up the superabundance of pieces that nothing may be wasted. The people consumed Jesus' blessing. And once it's been consumed, they've left it. Behind. Verse 13, and, and now it gets even uh, uh, worse. So they gathered up uh, and filled 12 basketful full of leftover pieces from five barley bread. Left, actually you know that's the word, I, I, I misspoke earlier when I, that's the word I'm, I, I said, it's left in, in superabundance left in superabundance by those who had eaten. You feel sometimes that Jesus Christ is someone we consume. And that is exactly what's happened here in this story. Jesus Christ, they have these people, at least these men, had no intention of making Jesus Christ the center of their lives. They want to put him in their uh, luggage, pack him in their luggage, and use him however they wanted. So when the men saw that he had done the signed miracle, they said, this really is the prophet who is to come into the world. So Jesus, knowing that they were about to come and, and um, seize him, that's the word, seize him, or come and uh, force him uh, take him by force to make him king, Jesus again withdrew. Withdrew to the mountain by himself alone. Now, I know that's redundant, but that's exactly what it says. He withdrew again. You would say in English probably to the mountain. But the preposition there in the original actually is is. Into, that is to say, he withdrew himself, he hid himself. He hid himself in the mountain. And there he went by himself alone. He refused to become a piece of your luggage. To be used by you however you want. And the Passover is drawing near. The newest in my family, newest addition to our uh, um, suitcase, the biggest one too, looks nice, huh? We didn't take this to Hawaii. We brought this from Hawaii. Because when we landed in Hawaii and we spent a few days in Hawaii, we realized we had more things coming back than we we had going there. And if you knew, if you know my wife, you'd know that when Julie goes someplace, she's always wanting to bring something back. And not necessarily stuff that you buy, stuff that you find everywhere, and this is one of them. So we were, uh, we were um, you know, we were um, taking a hike in this beautiful lush green forest where it's hot and humid, of course, it's a tropical forest. And she finds, a, well actually she asked me to find, and there's, there's this bamboo gro- grove, and she, uh, as soon as she sees this bamboo grove, so cut down bamboos, uh, and, and uh, she, sees, uh, she asked me to, to look for peas, and I saw one that's about, this is actually about that long. Now it's been, I've trimmed it down to 30, about 30 inches, And as soon as she saw it, she wanted to, uh, you know, she wanted to take it home. And I'm always the one saying, "Honey, there's going to be a problem here. What are we going to do with, uh, you know, the people over there at the at the airport? They're they're going to say, you know, you're you're going to take this to 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 uh, uh, to California. You're going to take with you a bunch of different organisms here that you don't know existed." And so I was always, I'm always the one that that tries to protest. No, don't do that. But I lost. As you could see, I lost. Not only did I, lo- did I lose, this piece of, uh, of bamboo became a project for me as a honey-do honey, honey list. And, and so uh, it, uh, we needed to open it up because she wanted to turn this into a, a, a planter, as you can see. There's an opening there. And, um, but I had, I, had no, I had no tools to turn this into a planter so that we could actually take it with us, bring it with us home. And... Um, I want to say immigration, but no, the, uh, the, uh, the, the part of Agriculture would not stop us and say, toss that, you don't, that doesn't belong, uh, you can't take that home with you. And so what I did was, I called one of the, one of the people at the church we attended in Kihei, and said, hey, can I borrow a, a handsaw and a, uh, a machete? Uh, because I have a project I need to do for my wife, I explained it to her. And he came, and he actually, and, we, and, and for about appeared about an hour, me and him, bonded over this project. And, and um, you know, it turned out to be okay. And, and, and so now, um, the guy said, you know, you see all that, all that uh, uh, what do you call the, the moss, is it, uh, that's growing there? You need to take that off. You need to sand that. So he gave me a sand, uh, and, and then I sanded it. And the, but now the problem is, it's too big. We can't stuff it in our... Um, the luggage that we had because they were smaller than this one, and so what to do? We were try, we're really desperately trying to hide it, in the hopes of getting away with it, because we didn't want Julie did not want this to be left behind, and so I I, I recommended to-, to-, to her to just do it, uh, take it with you as so a carry on, but it would be in plain sight. And so we decided, for 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 other reasons as well, and as as I I told you, uh, we ended up with more stuff coming back. And so we we you know, Hawaii, praise the Lord, Hawaii is still part of the United States. You could you could you could go places, and you'll find you know uh, you'll find uh, familiar places like walmart that's our favorite place um but walmart was out of luggages Every, you know all the tourists had taken all the luggages because i guess we were not the only ones that were having the same problem of taking people taking more things with us than what we brought to hawaii uh i mean the other way around anyway um and so we brought we we we, we saw this we went to a department store and we saw this and this is it and we opened it, and I eyeballed it, and, uh, and Julie was not sure if, it's going, if this is going to fit in there. and We didn't take this with us to the department store. But I was, I'm good at eyeballing, and so I was able to eyeball it, but I was too close. It was, you can see that. It's, it's still too... See that? So what do you do? Well, that worked. Barely. Barely worked. And that's how we got it through. And in order to uh, detra- uh, distract the, uh, uh, the authorities, we put um, fruit in the other luggage. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, no, that, that we were, we're not that conniving, but that we actually did that because we were thinking, you know, these fruit are perfectly right. Why should we toss them? We, we were done. We had no, you know, we couldn't give it away to anybody. Um, and, and so we, we were thinking we would eat it when we get back here. And, and, and the guy said, toss it. That doesn't belong in your luggage. And so, but anyway, they noticed that and missed this one, I guess. as, as, as my point. Or maybe it was okay all along. It's fine to bring home. Um, you know, something like that. It's not alive, Julie would say. And it's not alive, except I don't know what's growing in it or on it. And I think about this, and I think about our story here, about the feeding of the 5,000, and I see us. I see two kinds of individuals here, at least highlighted in this story. The boy and the crowd those men and those men who had an ulterior motive who wanted to define jesus christ however they wanted and the boy who simply allowed himself to be used by god by jesus himself and jesus was able to use him mightily to his glory and I think about that, and I think about all the things that we're going through here today, uh, in, in, in our society, in our lives today. Which one are we? Which one are you? Are you the slave boy? Or are you those men, those menacing men in the crowd who after they had been fed with the superabundance of God's blessings left the scrap behind and then would make Jesus king In their own image, against His will. I think about those people, and and, and I say to myself, you know, I sort of pray like that sometimes. I sort of pray like those those men in the crowd, right? Wanted to find Jesus or make Him dance my dance. Make him obey the things that I want or make him fulfill the things that I want in my life rather than make him be the center of mine. And that is, the, you know, that is, that, that is one, if not the key point of this story. Never mind the fact that yes, Jesus Christ fed every single one of them, not just the 5,000. He fed the, the boy as well who, had his, who brought his lunch. He brought and he fed everyone else. Besides the women who we would assume were there as well. And I say to myself, well, of course, I want to be that boy. But are we really that boy? Who is Jesus to you? Do you allow him to be himself? Do you, allow your, do you allow him to transform you? Or do you try to fit him in your suitcase? And create a Jesus that you can handle. We all have a decision as to what kind we want to be. And certainly... We could all wish to be the boy, and I certainly hope so. Let's, let's bow our heads. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.